This is Again for the First Time with your host, Darren Redmond. The man is prolific. The man has written nine books on the New York Times bestseller list. And these books have uh, really encapsulated uh, what it means to be uh, at the intersection of sports, of modern day society. And uh, his 2014 book, Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty of the 1980s is now um, being seen in a show that is just, to me, the best show on television. Uh, you know, I see advertisements from the executive producers of Secession. I mean, I think for me, this winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty should be getting top billing. I love this show. And uh, Jeff Perlman is my special guest. How are you doing this evening? I am, uh, I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Yes, I, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time for me. Sure. So, so let me just jump right to it. How does one, do they contact you? Do you contact them? How do you, you have this epic book, and I don't use that word loosely, on the, the uh, you know, the 80s Lakers become what I think is the best show on television with, quite frankly, the best cast, the best writing, the best music, and on That's, and on. Um, I would say, number one, it's my good looks and charm. I think That's what I think, yeah. When you're this handsome and this charming, things just happen, you know? Um, <laughs> Yeah. And number two, it's just like I bribed a lot of people. Um, no, I mean, I wrote a book and a guy, there was a screenwriter named Jim Hecht who reached out to me and said he was interested. And I, um, he came to my house in 2014 and he talked a lot about how much he loves the show and how much it could be this. I mean, how much he loves a book and how it could be this and that. And I never believed any of it. I just didn't. I'm very skeptical. I'm a Jewish New Yorker. We're very skeptical people. We never think the best is going to happen. And that's a good way to be, my friend. Yeah. Well, sometimes it is, but sometimes I think it makes you less happy because I think you always assume everything's going to be awful. Right. Uh, also, very Jewish New Yorker. And uh, it is. yeah, it's in our DNA. And um, but I just never believed him. But I gave him the option rights. And for years, nothing happened. He would call every now and then. Oh, Will Smith is interested. Okay. Oh, someone's interested. All right. Never believed him. And then one day he said, um, Adam McKay wants to meet with you. And mm -hmm. I said, he said he wants us to go to Adam McKay's house. And I didn't know who that was, but I Googled him and I saw he was a big deal. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, he's a big maker of some amazing TV and, and movies. Went to his house. He was great. I still had no belief it would happen. Then a bunch of years ago, I started hearing, oh, they're going to cast John C. Riley. Really? They're going to cast Adrian Brody. Really? Um... The big one was one of my, I, I said to my wife, I said, you're not going to believe who they cast. Think of the biggest actress on the, you know, the biggest actress you could think of. And she said, Meryl Streep. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, no. And she said, Sally Field. And I said, yes. And she was like, holy yeah. crap. So just all of a sudden they start casting. And then I sit here and I have the show. And it's like, I just kind of won the lottery a little bit. Not financially, but career wise, it's like winning the lottery. It's awesome. Oh, you must already be getting people tapping on the shoulder, looking at some of your other books. I mean, if not, they're stupid because uh, you, you you tell a tale and you're telling uh, what's happened and very accurate as somebody who's 
57 years old. I lived through a lot of this stuff. And yeah, I mean, um, but you, you do it so well. I mean, you, you really do. And you mentioned some of the people that are um, cast in these roles. I don't want to jump ahead too much. But for me, Solomon Hughes is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm -hmm. He has him down. You know, I mean, and it's 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 hard to be an actor and, and really be compelling to begin with. But to do it and be stoic at the same time and be somebody who's not that likable, it, it, he, his performance just jumps off the, off the screen. Yeah, it's very subtle and very uh, smartly played. And Solomon is, you know, it's cool because a lot of these guys have very little experience. Solomon Hughes, mm -hmm. the PhD, he was a basketball player at Cal. Mm -hmm. uh, Quincy Isaiah, who plays Magic, also a very yes. experienced former college football player. Uh, Sean Patrick Small plays Bird, which is really a writer more than an mm -hmm. actor. And they just somehow or another have come to embody the roles. And it's been pretty spectacular to watch. It easily, this easily could have been some cheesy, well-played, well, poorly played, cornball, not very good, right. guys, crappy-looking Laker uniforms, you know, yep. like playing basketball on Team Wolf. And it's not. It's the opposite. It's really good. And, or, or Teen Wolf 2, which is... Or Teen Wolf 2, starring Jason right. Bateman in a boxing movie. Yes. yes. Um, by the way, you know, Quincy Isaiah, that, that man, he's got a career ahead of him. He is, he is magic. I mean, he really... Uh, he just attracts the screen without hogging it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And, you know, without jumping too much ahead, I mean, Adrian Brody, I've, I've liked his career for a long long time and he sort of disappeared for a while but boy he is pat riley i mean he's got the subtleties down and and john c riley i mean i i just loved him i loved him in, his, in everything he's done uh, when they did the laurel and hardy movie he was stellar in that and i mean and he owns the, this role as as jerry doesn't he i mean it's wonderful i think the bigger question to be honest and something we really need to discuss here and this is the chance to do it I don't understand why in Teen Wolf 2, the high school basketball coach becomes the college boxing coach. And why do they even have a college boxing team? And why does Chubbs, the basketball teammate of Michael J. Fox in, C in Teen Wolf 1, right. become a boxer in a scholarship college boxer in Teen Wolf 2? None of it makes any sense. Well, I'm thinking it has to do with, with, with the ability to get sets. <laughs> you know, here's where we're going to shoot, and good point. Make, I mean, that has to be. I think I don't know, but it's a little scary that that here we are. Uh, you know, we're almost at Labor Day, and we're talking about Teen Wolf Two, the this greatest is, sports movie ever. I think so. I, I definitely along Caddyshack Two. I think you know, which which was a uh, an epic as well. I think exactly. Um, exactly. With Dan Dan Aykroyd trying to re. Uh, play the role basically of uh you know of bill murray um i never saw caddyshack one or two i know i know I good no good for you i mean to, don't see the second one there's no need you if you want just stub your toe all right <laughs> yes and then uh but we go back when you pictured in your mind's eye or did you at all when you heard that 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 your your creation of this book your book would be will be on on the small screen in a way that, um, I mean, I, I really believe that sports fans love this, you know, series. Um, did you picture that they would do it the way that they are? are? Are you surprised one way or another? Or do you just say, you know what, here's my work. I'm giving it away, you know, and you just kind of watch and hope. 
I'm kind of watching hope you uh it's not my area of expertise like i'm mm-hmm. not a i'm just not a um i'm not a film guy like i'm a writer right. so right. i knew with the people involved obviously adam mckay and kevin messick like those guys are pros pros and the writers mm-hmm. are pros pros so i've been involved like i've been they kept me really involved which has been great but i'm not like the brainchild of it by any stretch right. of the right. i wrote the book and um I didn't have any expectations. I truly had no expectation. I did not know what to think or what would happen. Um, I just didn't know. So it's been, it's exceeded my expectations. When when I was preparing for our conversation tonight, yeah. I saw a recent interview with Jeannie Buss. She loves the show. She loves, she yeah, yeah, and she loves the set designs. And she said that the clothes kind of make her feel and, and miss her dad and some of these other things. Yeah. I mean, that must make you feel good. I mean, and I just want to know, why this isn't already renewed for for the next season or the season after that? I mean, it's ama- It's an amazing show. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, ultimately, it's about viewership. It's about, um, I mean, it's a tough time right now. Actors are on strike. Writers are on strike. Mm-hmm. People are not able to promote the show. So it's been rough, you know? That's, and that's I, why we're here. I mean- No, and know, I appreciate that. But that, it really is like, that's the problem is um, people cannot promote the show Right. Therefore, uh, you know, I'm sure the viewership totals aren't where quite where they want them to be. And um yeah, it's just it's just it's hard, you know, it's just hard. I, I mean, you know, obviously there's no real metrics to this, but I mentioned tonight, you know, when people are doing their fantasy football picks who are not real basketball fans and they're watching this show, that tells me this show has some legs that I hope people pick up on. Because the acting is great. The scenes are great. As somebody who, who lived in California for 15 years, my daughter lived out there up till she moved here with us to the to the Cape. Uh, boy, that that's the forum. I mean, everything, to your point, nothing looks, you know, uh, you know, looks uh, cheap. It doesn't look tchotchke. I mean, it's, it's, it's really done well. The music is fine. The use of film. I mean, all of that is just, it's, it's just kind of wonderful. And, I think they do a wonderful homage to your vision in your book. I agree. I'm a, <laughs> there was a time when I went to set for uh, very early on mm-hmm. and it's like walking into your own book. It's one of the weirdest things, like something they make a, they make a show out of a book you wrote and you show up on set and you're literally, I mean, not literally, but you're inside the book that you wrote. Like here you are <laughs> around, there's magic and there's Kareem and there's the form and there's Jerry West and there's Jerry Buss's office door. And there's right. the forum club and you're like, this is exactly what I wrote. And you watch scenes and you're like, I wrote, like I'm in a scene next episode, episode five. Mm-hmm. And it's a scene straight from my book. So I was actually acting in a scene, playing a reporter, you know, as I wrote it in a book uh, nine years ago. So it's really mm-hmm. weird. Very weird. You know, I, I loved your reference uh, as I reread your book this weekend, uh, where you, you talk about how, the forum club was studio 54 and it, it really was if yeah. you think about it i mean you wanted to get in there you know you talk about how the dancers not cheerleaders the dancers got paid 35 dollars a night but they got to go in there and meet who they needed to meet i mean i as somebody who's old enough to remember studio 54 i thought that was a great uh, you know great use of uh you know compare and contrast yeah totally i mean that was the um Drugs, sex, yep. booze, mm-hmm. who's who, 
famous people. You want to see Diana Ross? Go to the Forum Club. Want to see Donna Summer? Go to the Forum Club. Jack Nicholson. It was like, to be honest, I kind of wish, um, I wish I was around for it. You know, like oh, I probably oh, would have been invited, but it would have been oh, cool to be around for it. You know. Oh, and and let me tell you, without sounding a little too out of left field, you mentioned Diane Cannon a couple of times. I haven't thought about her for years, and as I reread your book this weekend, I couldn't get her off of my mind. You know, because she was down there with Jack Nicholson in that front row, you know, almost yeah. every game. She's know? lovely. I, I went to her apartment when I was working on the book. She's as nice and as sweet as you could be. Oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my hope is that we get greenlighted for another season because there's so much more to unpack from your book. You know, I mean, there's there's just so much there and so many things that they can do with it. I agree. I hope yeah. so, too. I mean, yeah. uh there's a whole, you know, second part of that dynasty run. And also oh, the Lakers win later on. Like if it ends in 84, I don't think I'm a spoiler alert. The Lakers didn't win the NBA championship in 1984. So no. Yeah. And, and let me tell you something. And 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 the trade of Nixon and, and what happens there. And, you know, he, he has one wonderful performance against the Lakers and not so great, you know, and then there's just so much there. I mean, and you think about how fortunate I don't like to use the word lucky fortunate uh the lake is why as you go over with your book and again the book is not just out so we're not giving away anything but coin flips you know ralph sampson decided to go back to virginia i mean they really were fortunate or at least they made the best out of any situation you know and um what did you think of jerry bus uh, not jerry bus um um very west yeah west i'm sorry thank you um not loving the way he's portrayed you know what i uh i understand it i always understand it this is mm -hmm. what you're a guy and you're being portrayed on a show and it's not you and you're not making money on it and you know they're 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 saying they're you but it's weird to watch like i always i always understand that i totally get it i think um i think it makes sense like i'm not mad mm -hmm. about jerry west being upset or anyone being upset like it is a dramatic tv show it's right. not a documentary. So you're going to see stuff on the show and be like, wait, I didn't say that, or that's not me, or I don't like that. I totally get it. But I do mm -hmm. think ultimately it's more homage to the era than it is. Um, I think it's homage to the Lakers. And I feel like if they don't see that, I mean, that sucks. But I, I just think it's, <laughs> I, I love the, I love the Jason Clark characterization of Jerry West. I really do. Oh, I, I do too. But again, another phenomenal actor. And I mean, you talk about it in your book how he used to drive drive around listening uh, on the radio. I mean, and that, yeah. that showed in the first season. He wouldn't he wouldn't go into uh, the Boston Garden. He stayed in the car, you yeah. know. And and I just love how again, look, let's let's be honest. You know, a a injured knee is not going to talk to Magic Johnson. I mean, you know, a, a TV show is not a documentary. It's not a Ken Burns. Docu documentary yep. and people need to understand that. and i get it he's not being sour about because it's got to feel weird right but yeah. but the, but it works it clicks it really does Thank so you. you know before i let you go i don't want to take up too much of your time what do you got going on next uh, i'm writing a book i'm writing my first non-sports book it's a biography of a rapper tupac shakur so i uh, see him i see him in the back yeah yeah he's yeah. right there yes um, yeah, I'm writing a Tupac biography, so it's been a fascinating change up for me from my normal sports stuff, uh, delving into the world of hip hop and acting, and it's been really cool. It's a refreshing yet challenging 
I, I, I can't wait to read it. And uh, I'm sure without asking for anything yet, um, any surprises that you? Oh, yeah. Because I didn't yeah. know anything about him. So like, gotcha. it'd be weird. I mean, I knew about him, but I didn't know the details. So it'd be weird if like there were no surprises. In fact, the one thing about every book I write, I always think like if if the book winds up as I expected, I've done a very shitty job of reporting it. You know, like right, right. It should be surprises. You should talk to people you've never thought of, etc. So, um, yeah, I a uh, lot of it's a lot of stuff I never knew. A lot of neighborhoods right. I've never been to. A lot of people I would have never met. You know, I I've been saying. I really think every white person in America should have the experiences I'm having. I really mean that of like, I've learned more about cracks impact on the inner cities of the 1980s in New York than I ever did writing about sports, just as an example. It's no. so eye opening and it's remarkable and it's really just been blown my mind. So it's been, it's hard. It's so hard. It's the hardest book I've ever worked on by far, but it's also really fascinating. Well, I, I, I can't wait to read it, and I appreciate you doing that. And uh, I, I think you and I are simpatico on a lot of things without going into detail. I heard you're a big Trump it. supporter. Is that true? Uh, you heard wrong. I mean, you know, you, you know. Um, but I will tell you this: um, I've done a lot of work in um, addiction and addiction recovery, and and some of these other things. And people. You have to stop throwing words around. And there's a lot of causes why people are where they are. And I will and tell you something you'd find interesting, actually. And mm -hmm. I haven't expressed this to anyone. One thing that's changed, you know, like you go through life and you pick things up and all of a sudden you're like, God, I was really insensitive when I used to say something or act a certain mm -hmm. way. The term crackhead, like we would joke, not right now. Yeah, of course. Like, Don't be such a crackhead. I will never, ever again ever again call someone a crackhead like you realize like the addiction and the illness and how horrible that was and how these communities were destroyed by yep. people becoming addicted to crack and yep. like just little things you learn along the way you know in fact i heard one of the republican candidates call someone a crackhead mockingly and i thought that is an asshole thing to say like you don't know you don't understand and you're showing your ignorance and so i've learned a lot along the way as I'm oh sure. no you, you you're absolutely right and uh, and I, I tell people because I sometimes speak on the subject, you know, and and I'll say this. I said, you know, when you when you judge people and you say, well, why the heck are they having these drugs and this or that? And I say, wait a minute, 10 o'clock at night, you can't not go to that refrigerator and eat that ice cream. Yeah. You know, and, and imagine if that was an opioid or a drug or yeah. something else. And and listen, you know, without going into detail, I, I lived on Flatbush and Flatlands, you know, I mean, and let me tell you something, nobody cared if a lot of us lived or died, you know, and 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 I was very fortunate to have blonde hair, blue eyes and pale skin yep. because, you know, somebody cared where some of my good friends who looked a lot like Tupac didn't have that opportunity. Yep. And, and and that is horrible. And uh, with you, 100 percent. And I appreciate your time today. Jeff, thank you so much for being with me today. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. My pleasure. We'll talk Tupac in a couple of years. I would love to. Thank you. Look forward All to right, it. Take care. Bye now.